Hello, thanks for watching or listening to VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell podcast. We're on episode 122. Whether you're watching on YouTube or you've downloaded on iTunes or Spotify, thank you very much. And if you can leave, leave a review, good, bad, indifferent, whatever you want to say, please do. Um, you know me, Steve. You know John Evans. And uh, you know the man in the top corner there making his Bell to Bell debut. He's a great friend of VIP Boxing's regular at our shows, either watching them or in the corner, heavyweight contender and uh, all-round decent fella, Dave Allen. Dave, thank you for joining oh, us. Thanks for having me, mate. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah this is a new show. Yeah, a new show I've not been on before, so looking forward to it. Yeah, well, we chat about different things. John gets a bit angry from time to time if you talk <laughs> over three minutes. You know, that sort of thing. You'll get used to his bad temper, though. Um, where are you, Before we, we get on with, with, with the, our six rounds of boxing chat, where are you in your career right now, Dave? Uh, not sure, really, to be honest. Um, I would go the first time round, and um, I packed up. Uh, packed up over three years ago. Uh, there was too. I was there was too much um, school duggery going on. Really, I was messed about a hell of a lot the last twelve months of my career, um, and I called it a day. And then uh, I, I always loved the boxing, and I was, and I missed it, and I came back and. Um, just as I now as it was when I was when I was finishing off. So uh not really sure where I'm at, at the minute, to be honest. Um not sure. But boxing's hard, you know. I love yeah. boxing, but some people involved in boxing, uh they don't have to make it hard work. But uh but if I'd done it right the first time round, then uh I'd probably be on a beach somewhere now. So yeah, well, maybe my own fault. You say you never did it right the first time round, and you spoke about it before, but I think it's clear to see how much the sport still means to you. Like, I saw you on Saturday with your journeyman, Ryan LeBourne, and there was still that frustration at the end of the fight that he never did that little bit more, which would have won him the fight. So I think it's clear to see that how much you still care for the sport, because going around the north of England and up and down the motorway with Ryan LeBourne isn't going to add to your <laughs> bank balance, is it? No, I... Uh... Oh, fuming, you know, in the corner. <laughs> I know he's, he's, he's winless in nine, but, you know, it's like... Uh, that was the one. I've had, some, I've had some big nights, you know, and I've had the David Price fight. If I won that, I was boxing Povetkin, and I've and I've been involved in I've been involved in some massive fights. But Ryan LeBourne at Bolton Football Ground, wherever we were, in a four-hander, <laughs> meant just as much on that night, believe me. The board, the, the fellow from the board was screaming at me. I'd made in the ring. I just fucking throw a punch Ryan, for God's sake. But I just love boxing, mate, to be honest. Like I say, the business of it, uh, the higher up you get, the harder it is. You know, so I enjoy the smaller boxing. I love amateur boxing, you know, because it's not as it's not as much bullshit going off. But uh but yeah, Ryan LeBourne. Me and you love Ryan LeBourne, but he's bloody hard work to get to throw a punch, isn't he? He could have won that the other night. We should have won it, but there you go. Has it surprised you how much you like getting involved with stuff like that? You know, uh, with these young kids and how much you enjoy being in the gym and training them and seeing them come on. Has it surprised you how much you've taken to that? Yeah, because obviously I've got a reputation of uh, being lazy and, you know, messing about and all the rest of it. But, um, but yeah, the coach and managing side of things, really, it's... Uh, I give it so much effort and time and um, and care, really. You know, I've got a nine and zero pro. I've got I've got I manage five pros, 
I've had uh, I've had fighters on the zone, fighters on Sky Sports, um, schoolboy finalists, you know, Yorkshire amateur champions. Mate, I love it. You know, I just I love boxing. I just I really enjoy it. And uh, I've been boxing fifteen years. I was a national amateur champion on the Great Britain uh, development squad. You know, box all the best weights in the world. I'm good, very good at I'm very good at what I do, but I let myself down a lot. And with the coaching, um, I give it hundred percent. Yeah, and, and obviously I'm I'm back with the boxing, but the coaching something I wanted to put my everything into just to show people that I could dedicate myself to something. It is one for you, Dave. One of Lily's big. Whinges on here is um, when he's trying to make the ma matches. Some managers and trainers getting a little bit busy and making it hard work for him. You you've been matched probably above yourself early in your career. You took too yeah. many risks, maybe. What are you like when the phone goes and someone like Lily offers you a he's... offers you a sixty forty or something like that? I've never offered um... him a sixty forty. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, it's difficult. Obviously, I've got um, I've got a kid who's nine now as a pro. Only had four amateur fights, so we match him steady. You know, like I said, I've got a journeyman. You know, I take any, I'll take anything that's safe for him. Yeah. You know, there's different, uh, there's different, uh, different fires for different people. Like with with my journeyman, I've got. He just needs to be safe. If he's safe, I'm happy. You yeah. know, we've we've saved shows on a day's notice before, because uh, we thought that was because we thought it was safe. It didn't turn out to be as safe as I hoped it would be, but. Um, but yeah, you gotta take risks. I took I, I took a risk boxing Dylan White on a couple of weeks notice and then Ortiz and it paid off. I'm a big believer in taking risks. But as I get older and it's not my body at risk, I'm definitely a, a lot more uh, cautious uh, with others than I was myself. Um but uh but I believed I believed in myself and I I um yeah, I'm probably a bit of a nightmare myself, to be honest. Yeah, John, should we, we just have, yeah, John, should we just have a chat tonight and just because this is good yeah, stuff with Dave? Went through, went through your topics, but we'll keep the time limit off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just we'll just we'll just have a chat and see if we get six rounds. We'll just chat away. I think John, instead of having our rounds of boxing, Dave, yeah. what ambitions do you still have as a boxer? Um, a difficult question, really, because uh, when I came back in 2021. You know what? Where the beat in my bonnet came when I got offered the Dubois fight. I got offered three hundred grand to box Daniel Dubois, and um, and on I spoke to Eddie here and we shook hands that he would get me the same money for a different fight, and uh, it never came off. You know that promise wasn't fulfilled, uh, which was a big part of why I packed in because I was really I was upset to be honest. Um, my problem in my career was always I was always too nice and too trusting and. I never signed a contract with anyone. I just, I did, I went fight by fight and uh, I never got that money. So when I came back in 2021, I was missing boxing, but my initial uh, thought process was I just wanted to get that money, really. Kind of felt like I was owed that money. Um, I was really, I was bitter about it for a long time. Um, then I got back in the gym and I started enjoying it. I boxed, I had a four-rounder. And then I was on shows, and the shows were falling through. Shows were getting cancelled. Opponents weren't getting sanctioned. And I didn't box for another eight months. I boxed in Newcastle. I thought, right, this is the one now. And there was another 11 months before I boxed in Malta. So my ambition was just like, I was all over the place, to be honest. Things weren't going my way. I wasn't, I wasn't, I've been offered three fights in two years since I've been back. 
I got offered Matt Madoff in Canada on five weeks' notice, which I took, I actually accepted the fight. I was 20 odd seven. I rung my dad, and my dad said, You're crazy, go back and say no. I got offered um, Fabio Wardley on four weeks' notice and eight weeks' notice. And I was offered the Nathan Gorman fight as well last year. Uh, three fights in two years I've been offered, so it's frustrating. But uh, the last couple of months I've been about sparring. I've been sparring loads of different heavyweights. And uh, most of them are selling the best I've ever been in with. Uh, I've been sparring Wardley and Clark, and they said you're a different level to them altogether. So, and I, but it's always been that way. I used to spar Anthony Joshua, and he'd always say, You're going to be the next champion, and all this. So I was Tyson Fury, I couldn't believe how good I was. And then I boxed, and 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 now the time you wouldn't think I could win a fucking uh, area fucking title as amateur. So, um, I just think my newfound maturity and stuff, I like, I think I can, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do what I can do in the gym. Because I've always, I've always been great in the gym, and then when you go into a fight, and I just, I just shit myself to be honest. Because in the gym, I'm some fucking master boxer who turns southpaw, and I can see looking at your face, you're like, he's surely not. But the God's honest truth, sparred world champions, and it's what the day I sparred Usyk and he chinned me in the last round, mate, I was boxing unbelievably. They couldn't believe how good I was. They said to me after, when you watch Tyson Fury, we'll bring you back. Because they couldn't believe I was switching and all this. And then as soon as the bell goes in a real fight, I just shit myself. Put my hands up and I'm just, I don't know, I panic. So the honest truth is I ain't got a clue. <laughs> I have ambitions of winning all sorts, but when the bell goes for real. I watched Michael Bassett last time in Malta and bless him, lovely bloke, but he weren't very good. And I thought, I'm going to get a few rounds in here and box. The bell went and I just fucking swung a right hand within the first three seconds. The f- and I would stop him in a minute and I would devastated because I thought, fuck me, I have to come straight out of the pub. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I was only weeks in the gym, sparring amazing, and I go and do that. So I don't even know at this point. I'm not even sure. It's uh, crazy. That's it. Well, we might join it tonight because we usually a different format tonight. But you said you were going to come up with a couple of topics just as you went along. What was one of your topics you might have chatted up? You'd chat about tonight on air. Well, my topics are different. You know, I, I think boxing, uh, small old boxing, like I was saying, I love small old boxing, but for me, small old boxing um, is booming in one sense, but in another, I go to shows, yeah? Yeah, right. Seven, eight fight cards. I can tell you all eight winners. I can tell you it's going to be 40, 36, and it's shit. And people yeah. aren't stupid. Even people that don't know boxing come up to me at certain shows and go, what's going off, Dave? Well, this, this fella's not trained. And that's my biggest issue with boxing at the minute. There's, there's not enough competition, uh, not enough value for money, to be honest. Yeah, I can is- go to an Indian show for 40 quid and I might be sat in the rafters, but I can watch some top-class boxing and I can watch two fellas coming to have a go. Um but you spend 100 quid sit ringside at these small all shows and you're watching shit. It's, it's Can I say that or not? one of John's topics, this a lot. There's a lot of kids who want to put professional boxer on their Instagram profile, sell tickets to their mates and then do the victory tour for a couple of weeks after without ever actually going in with someone who wants to beat them, isn't there? And I, I think that's where it, a lot of it's falling down a little bit at the minute. Yeah, you know, it's... Um... 
I go to I go to shows and um, I don't enjoy them because, yeah. like I say, I check box right Sunday morning and I know what's going to happen. You know, you see the odd draw or the odd upset win, you think, bloody hell, he yeah. don't know the script. Well, and, everybody um, knows. Like I know Daryl Tapfuma got an upset on the Carl Greaves show. That's how yeah. rare it is. You know, yeah. the, the fact that we know about an upset when it does happen, that's that's well, it should be happening every week, shouldn't it? Really, it should. There should be more home fighters getting turned over. But the fact that it's a talking point, it, it's sad. I think. Is this something? Also think... that... Go on, Dave. Sorry. Well, as as a matchmaker, sees how uh, how hard do you find it to make uh, to make matches that are going to be competitive? How frustrating as a matchmaker do you find it putting a show together? What the results going to be? Very hard because you know you know you know the score, Dave. A lot of house fighters, the trainers. You know, it's not so much the fighters. I think a lot of it is trainers not wanting to let their kids go in, and that's where I, I think a lot of it is. You know, not all of them, and you know they just don't want trainers, or you know some some of the away fighters. Not not many of them, but some. You know, they want to. You know, I'm not going to start naming managers on here and embarrass. I'm not here to put people individuals down, but. You do, you do, you know, people do, you know, like, you know, house fighters, not one of them, but that's like, you get managers who are terrified of their kids being stopped. You know, you get a kid who, who's had, you know, someone's asked me to of a middleweight who's two and zero for a show in London on 21st. He's had two fights, two knockouts. He's okay, but they won't put anyone near him because, you know, 28 days, lose pay, lose commission mm. to these people who, who, who are just thinking in that direction. I think that's a big issue. A lot of it, you know, I'm not saying house fighters aren't to blame and tra trainers, but you'd be surprised the amount of way fighters who want guaranteed walks at, walk rounds. And so you're often, you're forced to go abroad. I, I like, um, I like journeymen. I, I love a good journeyman. I love them. You know, the Dale Aaron Smiths, Jordan Brilliant journeyman. Brilliant. Um, Granham's brilliant. Because these, these can box as well, but I just, and I managed fight. I managed a fight. He's had nine fights. He's watched nine journeymen. But um, like a Jordan Granham, I just just let him off. The, but like he's shackled sometimes, and it's a shame. But as you say, it works both ways sometimes. Uh, all, all I, I I I manage kids, and the the opponent. Um, you know, you kind of, you know, you you. You you know you know, can't take the piss with them either. It's hard. It's like the away fighters. Some some away fighters don't want the away fighter to have a go. Sometimes the away fighter don't want the own fighter to have a go. So mm -hmm. what? Uh, I'm just not sure where the where the uh, in between is. And, and and you know what the problem is as well. It's like it's too easy to turn a kid. I'm interested to turn pro now because you know you can look after him. You know, um, whereas whereas forty years ago when my dad were pro boxing. You know, we had six amateur fights where he could turn pro because if he didn't, he was going to get beat up by a small fellow that had 40 fights, even if he weren't very good. Because he was, he, was, he was tough and he was experienced and he was always going to, to try. So, you know, I guess, uh, yeah, small old boxing for me at the minute is just, it's not something, I, it's not something I'm enjoying like I, I, I used to, I guess. David, do you have like um when a new kid approaches you to come in the gym or to man, do you have like criteria you want them to check off before you agree to work with them? Uh, I manage. Uh, well, the kids I've got now, the nine and zero kid, had four amateur fights. 
And I mean, he's a, he's a bit good, but he but he's boxing journeyman. You know, he's getting rounds in, and um, he's good. The the criteria is they've got to be they've, they've got to be able to fight. Yeah, I don't take kids on that can't fight. It's simple as that. You know, some kids need more time than others. Like the kid I'm talking about, there, he's nine though as a pro. He's doing he's still doing four rounders because he needs more time. Um, he's essentially good enough to be at the journeyman at the minute, but he's not good enough for that next step. So he's just he's, he's doing what he's doing. But he's, but he's good enough and he has potential to go a lot further. The criteria is they must be good. I won't yeah. take some boxes. I'm not being horrible and I'm not saying I'm a world-class fighter, but some of these kids you see now, they shouldn't be approved by the board. They're that bad. There's some bad fighters about them, that shouldn't be approved. They're fucking terrible. Can I say all this or not? I'm yeah, not sure. of course you can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, some, there's some bad fighters about them, minute. I just think, how are they getting sanctioned to turn pro? Yeah, I agree. You know, I think they sell tickets and they get on, don't they? I mean, you see all over the country. If you can't, if a kid comes to me, I don't. We can win an area title. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. Ryan LeBron, winless in nine. You know, when I started managing him two years ago, I thought he was going to win an area title. That was the plan. Didn't work out that way. He can't sell a ticket. He's had to go on the road because that's just the nature of the beast, the boxing game. But I thought he'd win an area title. And obviously, it hasn't worked out that way. But if you can't win an area title for me, you on the road. You know what? Actually, if you're not if you're not capable of boxing for a British title, why are you in the home corner? If you can't win it like an English title, because you're gonna lose. You're gonna lose. You're losing money. If I couldn't win, if I didn't think I could win a British title at this point, I'd be going around Europe like Sprott and Skelton when there was in the late thirties, just picking money up. Yeah, you know, that's what I'd be doing. You got to be realistic. And only because Ward is a novice, Clark's a novice pro, Adelaide's a raw novice, I think I can beat him. You know, if Joshua and Joyce and I were still around, I'd probably be I'd be around Europe now doing 10 rounders. That's the truth. Some of these kids have really got to look hard at themselves and say, why am I in the own corner selling 60 tickets boxing for free? They might as well go on their own or pack in. That's the truth, in my opinion, because they're wasting the time and they're wasting the people that pay money to watch some time. The kids, like I say, one kid at the minute I've got, he's boxing journeyman time after time for a round. But he has got the potential to go where, like, he has got potential to become a British champion one day, maybe five or six years away, but I can see it. I know what I'm watching. But some of these kids, they couldn't, they couldn't, win a, they, they couldn't beat these journeymen if they, if, if they weren't fiddling their way through. And that's what, that annoys me as well. I, I, get I, I think a lot of them keep their mates on as well, that, you know, these are hard fights and stuff. The, the mates buy tickets, they watch the fight, they don't really know what they're watching. It can be as clear a 40-36 as day. Everyone knows what's happened. You're not even watching it and you know it's 40-36. But when the referee gets them in the middle and the announcer's about to announce the decision, the result, the fans have got their heads in around, aren't they, like baited breath waiting for the decision. And when they get the 40-36, they're up celebrating and... I think a, a few of these lads crack the mates on as well, but the fights are a bit more difficult than we're, than we're actually having. It's um, it's a funny one, because like I said, the, the kid I manage, I tell him straight me, I say, look, this is what it is. You know, sell your ticket. And, and, and he knows the crack. Yeah. You know, he, he's young and he's fresh. Your box fellas had 100 fights. You know, his main job isn't to win. His job's to try and get through. Yeah. You know, and I... And I tell him, me, like, just fucking box, you're here to learn. The funny thing I see, I seen a kid the other day, Steve, fucking not very good. Just try hammering the chain and trying to stop him. 
And I thought, mate, what on earth are you doing? And I was in the corner with, I'm not even going to mention it because people know who it is. And the kids, the kids' manager said, said, what am I watching here? You know, they're like, they're just trying to bang these journeymen out. It's fucking ridiculous. It's, and you know what annoys me the most? I see all, and these shit, not these fires aren't great, right? Their mates are the same people that met right on Twitter, Dave Allen, shit, and he can't fight. And I think, mate, you were paying 50 quid to watch this fucking fella <laughs> fucking box terribly. And you think he's a world beater. <laughs> so it's, it's a very, 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 very it's a very frustrating game but as a manager and trainer I find it frustrating but but you have to but you have to play the game you know yeah. so it, it's hard you know I sit here and people probably watch this and go well well, you've got a kid that's kind of doing the same uh, sometimes and I think yeah uh, yeah so yeah I understand but that, that's the game and that's and you have to play the game sometimes to get where you need to get Dave, but one one of you wrote, you reeled off some names there, the heavyweights, and you said it's yeah. a frustrating game. What do you make about the heavyweight division at the minute, with no one, literally no one fighting? You know, it's one of the topics we're going to talk about. Even at the British and English title level, none of them are willing to take each other on, let alone the world. And we yeah. all know that when the heavyweight division's thriving, the sport picks up, doesn't it? It, it creates interest right down the ladder. What what do you make of this? You, you know. You credit, yeah, you, you come up short a couple of times, but you you would take anyone on. But when you're watching from the outside now, what's your opinion on this? I think it's just greed, really. Yeah. Um, you see, I mean, for us, like, if you offered me a million quid to box Fury, Wilder, Yusick and Joshua one after the other, mate, I'm going to box them for a million quid. I'll box anyone for a million quid. Anyone at all. And they're getting off a hundred million pounds, so for us, we can't. I can't understand it. There's nothing. I, there's no one I wouldn't fight for him for hundred million quid. It's just greed. It has to be greed. Um, you know, Fury, you say, uh, Anthony Joshua, I firmly believe would box anyone. John Say Wilder, firmly believe would box anyone. Um, I don't want to say that. I'm not. Don't think that about others. But it don't look good for some of the others, to be honest. Um, I just don't. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I just don't. I don't get it. That um, Fabio Wardley and Fraser Clark. That was embarrassing. Madness. Embarrassing. And it's like Solomon Dakers, the English champion. Nobody wants to box Solomon Dakers because he's good and he's fit and he's a big handful. He's got the, if he had the British title, mate, I'd be calling his name. He's got the English title. So I'm, even I'm a bit standoffish about it. I don't want to box him for the English title. Because where have I got to go if I lose that? You know, and that's... But but if you're world champion, if Tyson Fury, how can he turn down 50 million quid? Alexander Hughes, how can he turn down 23 million quid? I just beg his belief, really. I don't... How much money's enough? Exactly. Just, I just don't get it. I mean, it's certain, there's certain people that turn down certain fights and I go, yeah, I understand it. But when there's millions of pounds involved, shuffling out, there's no, there's nothing, else, there's no one I want box. Yeah. Don't get it. Very true. One, one of the other topics we've got, it was one of yours, John, about TM's style recovery of boxing, John. Can you just, you know, add to that and I won't get in Dave's opinion on that. And that's, it, I drives me, it drives me fucking mad. And we all know the people we're talking about. We all know the video channels. But, but it, it, 
it's literally TMZ style reporting. Now it just he said, she said, or what do you think about such and such a body saying this? I, I think a lot of people asking these questions, they don't have much interest in the actual sport. They're more interested in schoolyard, schoolgirl gossip, trying to get someone to say something and then run around and tell tales. And I think a lot of these people would, would drop boxing an instant if TMZ offered them a role interviewing at the fucking Brit Awards or something like that. But I just think it, I think it damages the sport because we know the promoters' egos are that big nowadays. It sets them against each other. It makes the fights harder to harder to make, the fights for sport needs. And yeah, it was all well and good a few years ago when it all came on the scene and we all liked a bit of entertainment on the videos. But I just think it's got to a level now where I think actually think it's doing the sport damage. This like TMZ entertainment style gossip kind of reporting that we're getting. What do you think, Dave? Because I think your career was helped by that sort of interview, wasn't it? You know, getting the hits on IFL, boxing, yeah. social, etc. It's uh, it's difficult now because the man I was at 27, I'm not the same person at 31. Um, I cringe me looking back yeah, at some of my behaviour and antics. And you know what? I was always a very quiet man, really. I'm quite quiet and quite introverted and... Um, a lot of people think I'm like some mad party animal, drinker, fucking doing all this shit, mate. I've never drank in my life. I don't go out, I don't do anything. And I did kind of, you know what? I am I am fucking mental at times. That kind of, that's kind of gone a little bit. And I've had kids and I've toned it down. But I did kind of play a, a character. Uh, and I did. And I was very clever with it. Eddie used to say, he said, you're unbelievably clever. I've done the social media and all this. I was a kid from Small Hall and, and Headline the O2. And I never really set the world alight in the ring. So, um, so yeah, I was smart with it. But now, as I'm older, man, I ain't got time for none of that. I'm not even calling people out. I not even can't do it. I don't enjoy it. I don't do interviews. Uh, I speak to Aki from BBTV. But I don't, if no one has to do an interview, I'll do it. But there's no interest. And, I, and like what John was just saying there about the YouTube channels, just fucking. Not bothered about the boxing because they're not. And I used to be on Twitter, me, and and people people don't watch the boxing. These they say the hardcore boxing fans, these big Twitter accounts, the fucking assholes. I've not been on Twitter for years because I ended up fucking in bother, and I came off it, turned myself away from it. But they don't give a fuck about the boxing. They haven't got a clue about boxing. They're just on there on about fucking Conor Ben this drug cheating thing. That is bigger to them. Then Errol Spence against Crawford the fight. So the gossip of him failing a drug test or Fury on about his money and that, that's bigger to them than watching Spence and Crawford. They won't even watch Spence and Crawford. They won't even watch Spence and Crawford. And and another thing, like, the boxing's on a Saturday night, right? And I was guilty of myself at the time because, again, I was selling myself as a product. The, the boxing's on, we're in the middle of the round, and the tweeting random bullshit. They're even watching the boxing. They're even watching what's in the ring, and they haven't got a clue what's going off in the ring. They haven't got a fucking clue. They think a brilliant boxer, someone that dances around the ring and throws a fucking one too. They ain't got a clue. They never watch Roberto around. They never watch fucking, um, you know, uh, Willie Pep. They never watch any fucking boxing. It's like a fucking EastEnders to these people. So I agree with what John's saying, and now hey, I'm older and wise and stuff. I get it. 
You can have someone at a press conference for a British title fight or a world title, and the interviewer's asking them about some bullshit someone else in the division has said. Just the title we're fighting for and the fight we've got coming up doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Let's get some gossip going. Let's get some sound bites about a fight down the line. I think yeah. it's fucking pathetic, to be honest. <laughs> Honestly, I do. I do think, I do think, uh, Mrs. Even says, she's like, why don't you just do what you used to do? Because you get that, you, you get the worldly fight easy. And I said, yeah, probably. Get the I elephant tongue out. But I'm, yeah, get my cock out again. But <laughs> I'm just, um, just a different part of my life, really. I'm, a, you know what? I always look at. I got, a, I got an offer from BKB as well. I got a good um, fellows in touch telling me I could get this money and whatever else. I could put you in touch with the fellow in charge. But the most important thing to me now is uh, a, I'm a father. B, I'm a trainer and manager, and C, I'm someone that a lot of people look up to. Because um, I think my old man said to me, he said, "I'm not proud of your boxing." He said, you might have done loads of great things as a boxer and achieved things. He said, but you was at like 10% of your potential because you fucked it up. He said, but I'm very proud of all the things you did, um, mental health awareness. I'm very proud that you was that, that you became somebody. And that always stuck with me. So now I'm a bit older and wiser. I'd love it. I want to be a role model. I want to carry myself the way I should have done before, you know, because I was... Uh, I weren't a good role model. I weren't a good influence on these people. And I see people now trying to recreate what I was doing years ago. I see them on social media, some boxes, and I just think, you ain't fucking got it, son. To be honest, it's embarrassing. He just ain't got it. So, do you know what I mean? So, with age and time, you grow and you grow up and you mature. And do you know what? I'm much happier now being myself than I was being the fellow I was before and making loads of money. So, I'm much happier now, to be honest. Dave, um, we only have this pod for about half an hour. We're, we're coming out of time on the little clock I've got here. John, is there anything else you want to ask, Dave? It's been, I know we changed the format tonight with rounds and usually have a bell ringing and all that. It was just nice to talk to you, Dave, because you you are, you know, I've got to know you more than last year and you are quite a, a shy, and well, not shy, introverted person. I'd, I'd use more than shy. And it was just great to get your, because um, when you do speak, you speak as you, as you mean. But, so thanks very much. Is there anything you want to add, John? No, do you know what? We've had a whinge, haven't we? We've had a bit of a whinge. So what are you looking forward to, Dave? Give us... We've all said shit things about boxing tonight. Let's yeah. end on a high, you know. what? What? What's coming up that you're looking forward to or what do you enjoy about it? Um, Obviously, first of all, I love boxing. And through even these small old shows, like the other day, that Jay Cabral, he's, he's meant to be the real deal, isn't he? Yeah, you know, he goes, these small, he goes to these small old shows and through all the boring shit, there's a kid on every show where you go, he's good. You go, he's good, he's going to make it. It's him on a big show in a couple of years. And I enjoy going to these shows now at times. You see a kid and you go, bloody hell. Joe Howard's another one. I know he got beat last time. But Joe Howard's exceptional. He's, he's, he's a, and I can't wait for five years' time. I can sit there. <laughs> I can sit there with Miss and go, told you you were good, didn't I? And you can see him. So I love that. Me, I love, I love watching these young kids coming through because there's some, you know, there's a lot of shit out there. Like I said, there's a lot of people playing at the game and not very good. But every now and again, you spot one and you think, bloody hell, he's good. Like you must think that, Steve, when you match. Him. Yeah. Every you now know, and again, there's a kid and you're just excited to watch him. You know what? I like Abra a lot, and I thought that the other night was so patient, and he knew he had to be switched on. Cause that that Graving Mendoza is decent. He's had some good wins. I just mm. thought. 
His defence was spot on the other night. He was caught a couple of times. Near the end, I think he was caught with a shot. Um, and I think maybe that was just him switching off because he'd come through the, you know, five and a half rounds. I mean, he was very, he's very, very good. Joe Alf, his last performance, um, I was big on Joe. He really disappointed me against Josh Sanford in, in his performance that night. Mm. Joe, I think Joe Alf will be British champion. I have no doubt in my mind about it. I think he's exceptional. I think he's one of the best prospects in British boxing. I think he's unbelievable. Um, well, that's what I enjoy about boxing. I'm on BoxRec every day. Two hours a day on BoxRec. I need to know everything about everyone. Graven Mendoza. Mate, my kids ain't going to be Graven Mendoza. <laughs> Lester Espino. Keep Lester Espino as well. He got sucked the other day, but keep him away. That yeah, kid's a good fighter the... that beat him the other day. Yeah, he's a good yeah, fighter he's now. Yeah. He's you good. you got to be on the ball. You've got to be on the ball a bit. I'm looking forward to uh, Crawford Spence. Yeah. Looking forward to that. That's that's the best fight in the last 10 years in boxing. Got to be. Unbelievable. That's that fight is is just everything. I think Crawford wins, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be confident. Spencer's the bigger man, but he's making one four seven forever. So um I just love it. Yeah, the amateur boxing. I've got amateur boxing that starts back in September. Um just yeah, I just I love boxing, mate. Yeah. I don't even mind watching the 40 36 every now and again. Some of them are all right. Some of them are sound. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Dave, it's been lovely having you on tonight. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it, John, as well. And I hope everyone who's watching or, or listening has downloaded this. Um, fantastic. And thanks very much, everyone, for watching, listening. Most of all, thanks to John and a biggest thank you of all to, to Dave Allen. Thank you very much indeed, everybody. Cheers, Steve. For all boxing. Info, news and latest interviews, amateur and pro, across and off, click and subscribe. VIP, boxing promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook.